Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week and a very special episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and we'll re- we'll reveal all later in the show, Damo, but plenty of NBL basketball to mm. talk about. We're locked into WA now. We're not getting in or out, which is unfortunate, so we can talk about that as well, but plenty of action on the court to talk about. We're going to have a look at our 40th anniversary Perth Wildcats teams as well and see if you're part of it as well, Damo, which will be, will be interesting. So plenty to get through. Let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, but Damien Martin, the six-time NBL champion, the six-time Defensive Player of the Year, the has-been. Did you survive your booster shot last week? I survived. Here I am. Uh, in and out. It was actually very quick. I might have been waiting for about two minutes. Mm. Called in, needle in, waiting room for 15 minutes, played on my phone for a little bit and then got <laughs> out of there. So touch wood, all good. Thought I was doing the right thing and... Boom, borders closed. Didn't matter, uh, did it? Didn't matter. Didn't matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. First of all, we're sitting here recording and it's about a 32 degree day mm-hmm. in Perth and this is a cool change. <laughs> I think we've set all the records for the most days over 40 for January ever. Mm. Uh, and I think at one stage we had five consecutive days over 40. So it has uh, been disgusting between the hours of about 10am to 4pm. Have you still got keys to your neighbour's pool? Yeah, he okay. actually came out and said, oh, you're not using it enough. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. So we had a few days off yeah. and he thought something had happened, but we will be in there in about two hours' time mm. when I clock off work. But no, I uh, am very lucky to have a great neighbour with a pool that they don't use and happy mm. for my, my daughters and I to jump in there. No, fantastic. Now, plenty of basketball to talk about as well, Damo. Plenty mm. happened across the weekend and we've pretty much got a game every day now. So there's plenty happening every day. You're busy. You're going to uh, be very I'm busy. I'm busy and, and things change a lot. Three days ago, if we recorded this, we would have been talking about how horrible the Sydney Kings were looking. All of a sudden, they're, they're looking fantastic. Um, up and down for a lot of teams. Um, not so much from Melbourne United, not so much even for the for the Perth Wildcats. I think you can write off that game in Adelaide. They bounced back very nicely. Um, mm-hmm. But later in the show, we're going to catch up with the scoring machine and we're going to pick our 40th anniversary teams for the Perth Wildcats. We'll, we'll reveal all later, but do you have yourself in it? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I have not selected myself. It was actually really cool going through all the names uh, and to even be nominated is obviously very nice. And uh, obviously they've got a selection panel of six. They'll announce their team before – well, it would have been nice if they had been able to announce it with a home game in mm. Perth, possibly celebrating Jesse's 400th, you know, yeah. that milestone's coming up. Instead they'll reveal it at some stage and then we'll watch the Wildcats on TV. Mm. But, yeah, some great players have donned the Wildcats jersey and you'll hear 10 of them announced in a couple of weeks' time. How many of our – team here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle make the cut. So we've got yourself, we've mm-hmm. got Matty Knight as part of the team, we've got yep. Sean Reddidge part of the team. How many of the, how many, how many make it? I've got them both in there. I'm not sure how much you want me to reveal now. Well, um, we can reveal that much. Yep, so Matty and Jesse, oh, sorry, Matty well, and Sean. Maybe Jesse too, Maddie we'll, we'll wait have, to see. have made my team and obviously they're a part of the program, part of this show and yeah, getting to play alongside both of them. Matty Knight, one of the most underrated defenders in the league. I've, you know, I kind of rate him and Mika Vakona as the mm-hmm. best power forwards of the, you know, 10 years they're kind of in and out of the league together and then yeah Sean Reddish I believe he'll have his jersey retired and hanging from the banners at some stage uh, whether it's this year or next with no home games pending I I can't see it opening (laughs) this year but yeah Sean Reddish all-time great I think it's a no-brainer that he will be in the the 40 year anniversary team well before we talk about what we saw on court what was your your reaction last Thursday night when you suddenly found out that the WA borders would no longer be opening and that means every chance now that both for the Wildcats and the Lynx that I don't. I think there's a genuine chance they don't get back home now to play any more home games this season. Yeah, you know, 
initially I thought of my mum, to be honest. Uh, she was quite emotional when she got to call me. They'd booked flights, heading over here February 16th. Would have been the first time they'd been in Perth. Two years. I actually mm. put up a post one year, but it was actually two years mm. ago. Uh, you know, they barely know my grandkids, know their grandkids, barely know my daughters. And, and that breaks my heart. And I called mum the next morning and she was asleep by the time the announcement was made, obviously being three hours ahead in country New South Wales. And I spoke to her, she picked up and started crying. And she goes, I've been like this since 1am, since she woke up and saw the news. I don't know why she woke up at 1am, but <laughs> that's when the tears started. And uh, they've booked again now for April. Who knows whether they'll have to cancel that one. Uh, Dad's got cancer for the second time. He's the person I idolise the most. Haven't seen him. So, yeah, I was, I was gutted. And then I actually messaged uh, Jesse Wagstaff's wife uh, to see how she was feeling. Called Jesse, got to speak with him. Messaged Mitch Norton's fiance, Sasha, see how she was feeling. Message Bryce, message a few of the boys just because these guys have wives, kids, families. Yeah. Uh, and, and what they thought was going to be a six or eight week trip is now m- much, much longer. And similar to New Zealand breakers, it can't yeah. be easy. Scott Morrison's in a fascinating position too he's moved his whole family over yeah. here from the united states they don't know anyone in this whole country so they they come they've come to perth mm. because of their dad and their husband all of a sudden they can't see you and they're stuck they're in perth right now away from away from him and don't know anyone in the, in the whole state or yeah. the country and the loneliness they must feel that distance must feel even longer than uh, what it usually is between us oh. and the u.s so yeah it's a tough time and uh, i million reasons millions pros million cons but at the end of the day, they're the first three things I did was reach out to some teammates, thought of my family, and then uh, digested where to next. <laughs> yeah, of course, everyone can make a case if it's the right or wrong thing, but it's the personal impact it has on people. And mm. I, I know that I grew up in Geelong. My my grandparents are still there. Um, I haven't seen them for a number of years. I was hoping to get back there because when, you, when you're talking about grandparents, you don't know mm-hmm. when something might happen. I The last time I spoke to them was a, a couple of months ago on the phone and I called them and... You know, it, it broke my heart because I felt like my my nana she she's struggling a little bit. She her memory comes and goes, and I kind of found myself having the same conversation with her mm. probably five times because she couldn't remember what we had talked about. So yeah. I kind of feel like time's running out for me to get back there and see them. And I'm glad I can tell them that they're my two favorite people in the whole world on the phone. But nothing's the same about as doing it in person. And you know, from a personal point of view, I just hope that. I can get there before I guess it's too late. Yeah, time and family are the most valuable things in the world and both have been taken away. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. But we, we better talk some basketball, Damo, and we, this is a special show for, for a lot of reasons and let's make the most of it, D- Damo. It. Let's do it. And so let's start with the Sydney Kings. We talked last week about that loss from an unlosable position against the Breakers that they, <laughs> they coughed up. Then they put themselves in an unlosable position on Friday night against the Brisbane Bullets where they were... 19 points up in the first quarter. They dominated the entire game until the start of the, the fourth quarter and I think I think it was a 20-5 to five run that Brisbane went on and, and the Bullets dominated from there. Um, but then, I think it shows a lot of character because Chase Buford was under a lot of pressure. The whole yep. team was under a lot of pressure. They went back home playing against the same team two days later and they dominated on Sunday against the Bullets, one by 24. I think they led by as much as 34 at some point during the, during the game. First of all, how horrible would have they been feeling Friday night? And how, how do you turn, turn that sort of thing around? That's the beauty of a doubleheader is the frustration and anger they would have felt in the locker room after mm. blowing that opportunity. They only had to wait less than well, less than 48 hours to redeem themselves. But in saying that, if, if you play your best basketball and you lose, you can start pulling out hair going, what, what more can we do? When they played their best basketball for that first quarter in particular, 
you know, they're a team that can build a double-digit lead against a Brisbane side that's got s- full of stars. So you, there was. You, you still think their best, th- their big three is the best big three combination in the yeah, world? Yeah, I think they're just absolute studs uh, for Brisbane. So Sydney, yes, it would have been frustrating sitting in that locker room knowing they blew it. Uh, credit to Brisbane for hanging in there, making some big plays. You know, twenty of the first twenty-five points to mm. score into <laughs> start the fourth mm. quarter—that's big time. Uh, but Sydney would have watched it over and over again and said, "Okay, this is who we are. This is what we're capable of." Let's focus on that. But when we start taking shortcuts or we stopped executing or we weren't picking up full court, you know, all the little things that probably started to slip away when they built a 19-point lead, you know, the league's too good to take away from us being at our best and expecting to win. And, yeah, they learn a very, very valuable lesson. But luckily, great teams implement those mis- uh, those lessons uh, and learn from their mistakes, which they did. And they defeated them, you know, 97-73. Huge win. But the standout for me, DJ Vasilovic. Mm-hmm. Huge weekend for him. Yeah. Even in that loss, he had 21 points then he backs it up with a 23 point performance uh it's just great to see him back out there Mm -hmm. doing what he loves and we spoke about this on the show i feel like they were utilizing him in much better spots much better system exactly how you said go to jarell martin (laughs) in the block and then your second option's dj that's what they did (laughs) i uh i'd like to think they listen (laughs) in but i think it's purely by coincidence uh look it's just great to see them that's in and out game like we spoke about inside outside but yeah he was brilliant that's a big standout Split, split the weekend, but more importantly, you've got potentially now someone who can go on to be first or second uh, leading scorer week in, week out while they're dealing with their import issue. Xavier Cooks. Firstly, have you seen too many softer ejections than what he copped on <laughs> Friday night? His first unsportsmanlike was because he tugged, tugged the shorts of his, yep. of his opponent. The second was a comment he made to the ref that the mics didn't pick up, so we have no idea what he said. He gets ejected three minutes into the second quarter. Mm. Um, no coincidence that when they needed someone to make a stand in the fourth quarter, they didn't have him to, to be out there for them. And it surprises me. I, you know, I don't really know him personally. Just a little bit of, you know, obviously know his dad. Got to see him as a yeah. kid growing yeah. up, to be yeah. honest. But just seems like a really nice person. Mm-hmm. Like a great guy, a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. So I did not expect him to be a top of play. We nominated him for the Galen, yeah. <laughs> you know, a week ago. We probably, he's, he's, probably, he's probably in the running this week still. Yeah, the ejection hurt. The yeah. ejection definitely <laughs> hurt. But, you know, they need him out there on the court. You know, in that win, they did finally have 13, 11, 4 and 2. Mm. He just, you know, does a little bit of everything and that's what a perfect glue guy does. And I think he was out there to prove a point that, hey, apologies about the other game. Mm. I'll help you out. Absolutely. Now, Melbourne United, um, how far ahead of the pack do you think they are right now? Another dominant win. It's a funny one. They beat Adelaide on on Saturday, 97-78, to 78, but I felt like Adelaide didn't actually play that badly. Mm. I think Melbourne is just that good right now. Yeah, and they showed it at the back end of last year. They just were too deep. You know, It didn't matter who they were subbing in or out. You know, you weren't losing anything, and that's the style they're playing right now. They are a very, very, very good team. And, you know, you just look at the point spread. You've got five or six guys that had double figures. Yeah. But when your top scorer is 18, yet your team's put on 97, mm. you love that as a coach. Yep. And you dread that as an opposing coach because when it comes <laughs> to the scout, them. yeah, it's, you've got to play straight up. You can't double off anyone right now. Yep. And the few times you were, you've either got... Illy, maybe they left at times, mm. but he's either knocking down threes or he's going off the dribble for another kick out. Delhi's creative, he's smart, he's, you know, backed it up with a, another good performance, even though he had, didn't have to go for 30 plus. Yeah. Uh, they're just a very, very good team. Jack White, love how he plays. Uh, he looks back, back to full athleticism. Uh, even even Newell's represented the Martin family nicely. Yeah, my, my wife's cousin, Brad Newley. Uh, 10 points. Great to see him out there. He actually looks in good nick as well. So I think he's taking care of his body, which is great. Yeah, too good, to be honest. At the end of the day, Adelaide, like you said, weren't poor. It's just that oh. Melbourne were too good. Perth Wildcats bounced back nicely from that loss in, in Adelaide. 
last Tuesday. Really good performance against the Illawarra Hawks. And I think, fascinating to get your thoughts. Who's the big three? We know Bryce and Vic. Is it Michael Fraser or Todd Blanchfield the third prong in that threesome? Or is it a big four? Because Michael Fraser might not be putting a lot of points on the board, but he's doing everything else very, very impressively right now. He's getting better. And I think he's getting to understand the refereeing with his defense. You know, I spoke with Danny Mills, who obviously was a big part of recruiting him. And he said, no, he's a two-way player. He's strong. He likes to be physical. You know, his first game, I think he had 4,000 space, about five minutes. So he is physical, but he's learning what he can get away with now. So I think he'll eventually be their best two-way player. Mm-hmm. And when you've got guys like Nordo can pick up full court, mm-hmm. you switch them over and there's Frazier guarding the, mm-hmm. the bigger wing player, uh, you know, it's going to help them get stops, get out and run and have some fun. And we saw that with him in that win. So the big three, Todd Blanchfield, is deserving of it, of yep. the season he had and what he's doing already. But don't sleep on Frazier. He will drop a few 20-point games. But... It's that two-way that he's going to impress. It's got to be one of your daughters, doesn't it, Damo? Is that one of your daughters? We are in the office (laughs) and uh, my girls have come into work today with me and uh, they're knocking out there. They're playing a bit of dress-up. They've got some flowers in their hair I can see through the window. I love Scott Morrison's response after the game when he was asked about Michael Frazier and I think the question was framed along the lines of should have you gone for a big instead of him? And he said because he gives us everything and he's giving us defence, he's rebounding, Mm. he's a great rebounder for his size. There's not another player that I would rather in his position, and I love that his coach is backing him in. Yeah, and and rightly so. I mean, they're not doing too much wrong. Yeah, they dropped it to Adelaide. Poor start. Adelaide Mm. were fantastic. But they showed what they're capable of doing against a team who I rate as, you know, up there with Melbourne as being the best in Illawarra Hawks. But he does... You're exactly right. Who are you going to bench to bring in a new import? You're not mm-hmm. getting rid of Frazier to then bench Hodgson or Majuk. Yeah, like, yeah. you need your role players as well. So the scoring power is there. The balance, I believe, they've got right now. And it just means, guys, we're not even mentioning yet, you know, Jesse Wagstaff, Mitch and Horton, yeah. they can just go out there, play their role and do it very well. Majuk yeah. Majuk's having another great he season. Yeah. Uh, he's been an absolute beast out there after missing 12 months with injury. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of their unsung hero while the studs are doing their thing. Yeah, plus the energy of Luke Travis was important. Travis back doing out there yeah, too. big rebounds again, blocks. He just a little bit of everything, which means you can focus on your role because you've got four mm-hmm. great scorers. Now, as we record this, unfortunately, we still haven't seen... The Breakers or the Taipans back in action. They were meant to play each other on Sunday. That game didn't go ahead because I think it was some of the Breakers players this time that have gone down with COVID mm. because I, I tried to catch up with Jeremiah Martin last week. We, were, we had it scheduled to do a bit of a feature on him, but he was locked away with COVID. So that'll have to go on hold. And I think some of his teammates have followed suit. So we won't be seeing the Breakers for a little while. Um, hopefully by the time we release this show, we might have seen the Taipans play. So they're scheduled to play play on, on Tuesday. But... How tough is it for, especially probably probably the Taipans who still haven't played since New Year's Eve and they, they prepare for all these games and then they sort of either a day or the morning of the game, they find out they're not playing. Yeah, you, you do get, it's like pre-season. The worst thing about pre-season is you're only playing against each other yeah. and you're so excited to take everything you've built on the court against someone. And so they just be feeling like Groundhog Day. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure who they'll play or when they'll play. <laughs> hopefully it goes ahead soon, yeah. but they'll be chomping at the bit. And hopefully they respond like Adelaide did. Yeah. Adelaide had 31 days or whatever yeah. it was between games, came out and were brilliant against uh, the Perth Wildcats. Hope to see that with Cairns. But it also has bought them time with Scotty Machado. Yep. And that's a big thing. They've, they've missed a lot fewer games without him than mm. they would have thought. And we had a great chat with Laos last week about previewing the Taipans being back in action. <laughs> We're still waiting. Thanks for that, Lousy. <laughs> we might use it for when they do finally play. Oh, um, so 
that's that's pretty much the things I wanted to touch on. So I mean, Melbourne United for me still the standouts. They're seven and two. Wildcats six and two. The Phoenix we feel like they're struggling a little bit at times, but they're still four and two. Their record's very good. I'll get your thoughts on the Hawks. In a, in a second as well. They're four and three. Taipans are still two and two. The Bullets four and four. Thirty six is three and four. The Kings four and six. Jack Jumpers two and six. The Breakers two and seven. So the Hawks, we would have seen them play again after we record this and release the show. So we might learn a lot more about them right now than we know right now. But they've lost three of their last four games now, mm. including their last two to Melbourne and Perth. But interestingly, they were the best team in the league defensively last year. Mm. Right now, they're the worst statistically, but also. If you ask Brian Gorgian, he feels like they're the worst defensively right now as well. Um, it's a, they deliberately tried to get better offensively this season. Have they given up too much defensively? Obviously, Gorge was away a lot in the offseason. Uh, and anyone knows Gorge, it's defence first. Mm. So with him back, the longer he has with these guys, the better they're going to get. But they've also been hampered by COVID as well. Mm. So they've had guys in isolation, locked up in hotels. And it's one thing to talk about defensive strategies. It's another thing to go out there and it becomes second nature through mm. hours and hours of implementing mm. it on the training court. They haven't had that. So Gorge is an incredible coach. They've got a fantastic roster. You don't just lose it overnight. They might have taken a, a backward pedal, a backward step with the, their delivery right now of the defensive game plan. But if there's one thing I know about Gorge is he gets through to his players and uh, his players will respond by working hard on the training court. He usually has one of the fittest teams in the oh, league. Yeah. Uh, they will get to that fitness level and you'll see that with full court defense, doubling off the post at times, so on and so forth. So right now, Gorge said it's a must-win game. Mm. It's do or die for them already, mm. uh, he's claiming, and I think they will respond. So I'm not too worried about it because when you have a coach that just loves offense, mm. You know, you, you don't expect them to change much at the other end, yeah. but Gorge is a defence-first coach. He will make sure they're playing it. I fell for Harry Froling. So I, I spoke to him last week, did a story for the NBL yeah. website about him, and in that, while I was talking to him, he talked about how in the past he's always believed the hype and when people have been pumping up his ties, he's always let it go to his head and mm-hmm. he's kind of struggled to back it up on the on the back of that. So I did that story and he had a bit of, bit of hype about him after a couple of good games. He comes out on Sunday and plays five minutes and, and puts up a donut and I, I felt horribly guilty. It's the pikey factor. Oh, I, it's I, the pikey I, factor. I, I think so. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like when every co- any commentator says and you're at the free throw, oh, yeah. it's an 85% free throw. Sure thing. Yep, boom, miss. Yep. No, do not write any articles about any of my friends that are in the league, please. <laughs> I want to see them put up big numbers. Okay, let's keep moving, Damo. How are we going on the Damo Award? Are we still way behind? We're still way behind. I've got a few weeks to catch up on. Uh, I can tell you a few names that will be up there, and that's uh, Della Vadova's snuck out some points. The, the, the block sh- Do you know I'm throwing you on the spot here? What's the most anyone's averaged for block shots in a game? Averaged? I'm guessing it would be Simon Dwight. I don't know for sure. I'd be guessing Simon Dwight would have to be up there. I'd be surprised if it's got over five per yeah. game. Yeah, so I would love to know that because, you know, what we're seeing out of Southeast with, you know, 18 and 8, it doesn't have any blocks. But he had, a, he had Joe Chi had definitely had some blocks again. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, Joe Luella Chul is not far behind either. Exactly. And we spoke about him last week. Those who weren't aware of what he did in college, what they saw for Melbourne mm. United, okay, he's just a straight st- scorer. Yeah. doesn't like playing the other end. Nope. Flip that. In college, he was a defensive machine. Mm. I think he was all conference defensive player of the year. And what we're seeing this year is more like, I think, uh, 
the player that they expected with Melbourne United. Mm. He's been brilliant for yep. them. Absolutely fantastic. He's still scoring, but yeah, he's getting so many block shots, defensive rebounds, and you'd just be loving that if uh, you're one of the coaches for Melbourne because I know Vickerman would drag mm. him quite quickly yeah, last yeah. year, yep. but he had the luxury <laughs> of a now NBA centre. Of, of Landau. Of Landau, yeah. but now it's like all in with him, play both ends and you can play big minutes, and he's responded by doing that. So yeah, you'll see a few bigs in there as well to back up Della Vadova with some points, but I do owe you a couple of three two ones in the defensive player of the year award <laughs> the problem when we talk up joe's defense is that the scoring machine picked him as his best defensive player at the start of the year we don't need to pump up Sean, oh, yeah, Sean too much <laughs> oh, i cannot believe he picked him it's amazing i uh yeah it hurts me to potentially back something sean's predicted <laughs> we will hear from sean shortly i can't wait to see who i'm sure he's got himself starting in the perth wildcats <laughs> all-time team but Captain i can't wait to, can't wait to pick his brain about can't wait to find out if he's got you as his starting point guard or if he's stuck with Ricky Grace either. So I'm interested to pick Sean's brain. We'll get to him shortly after we announce the winner of the Galen Award as the best team man for round eight. We're going to miss a couple of games because we're recording this before round eight actually mm-hmm. finishes. Now, Xavier Cooks, as you said before, maybe his ejection makes it tough for him. Jack White put a good case forward. Mm-hmm. I put forward Michael Frazier's case earlier. Yep. Mitch Norton he ran the team very nicely also. Tremendous defence on Tyler Harvey, so I put his name forward. And Ryan Brokoff didn't score a lot, but he did a lot of other good things for the Phoenix against the Jack Jumpers on Sunday. Anyone jump out at you from that list or somebody not on the list? No, no, I'm happy to go with a nominee from your list. I loved playing with Ryan Brokoff with the Australian Boomers. Before you knew it, the game was finished and he's played 35 minutes and it's like, oh, wow. But why sub him out? He rarely does anything wrong. He spaces the floor, he rebounds well, defends hard. Uh, And you're seeing that from him. Like you said, he didn't put up big points, but I mean, like we said, they're at four and two. And for some reason we feel like, Mm. (laughs) you know, we're treating them as if they're seventh or eighth on the ladder. They're having a very good season so far and Brokoff's a big part of that. But I'm going to give it to my guy, Nordo. He Mm. won my defensive the uh, player of the year award last year uh will definitely get a nomination off the back of this weekend a few points going his way but yeah norto just does everything a little bit of everything and always puts the team first Mm. and that's uh, a big part of why we named it the galen that that is what the galen award's all about absolutely and we saw and especially after a loss i know it was different rounds but that was a shortish turnaround Mm. And leaders stood up, and uh, I believe Norto would have been a bit of a voice in the locker room and a big reason why they turned it around and, and picking up, turning, playing against one of the best offensive players in the league. I thought he was fantastic. Thanks for that, Damo. Um, when we come back, we're going to go through our Perth Wildcats all-time 40th anniversary Here team. we go. We'll hear from the scoring machine as well, and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. And don't forget, we've got some big news, so stay tuned for the end of the show for that. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Before we get to the scoring machine, Sean Redditch, to go into this in more detail, Damo, I want to talk to you about your 40th anniversary Perth Wildcats team. Well, you've been in Perth now for 13 years, so you've Mm. got a a fair understanding of what's happened the last decade plus, but I'm sure the history of the club has been drilled into you during that time as well. So you're you're fully aware of the calibre of players that came before you as well. Um, Now, let's get it out of the way first of all. Are you sure you don't put yourself in the in the ten players that you'll select? Uh, we haven't spoken to Sean yet, so <laughs> it could be interesting. I think you uh, 
might be. I, I, I don't think anyone's going to put themselves in their own team. So I'm selecting a team. I can't put myself in there. I'd feel okay. silly doing it. Uh, I, I, I do have someone that would. So I did something similar with um, on Sixers Fix on my, with the Adelaide 36s uh-huh. with, with Scotty Ninnis and Brett Maher a couple of years ago. Brett Ma, Brett Ma had no hesitation in being the starting two men on his team. I love that. I love that. Brett would not shake your hand with his right hand, his shooting hand. That's right. He used to always shake your hand with his left, so he couldn't touch the moneymaker. Uh, classic. Well, and, you know, when the court's named after mm-hmm. you, you've probably a good chance of making your anniversary team. Yes, the, the Wildcats team, I've gone with JC. James Crawford, yep. the Alabama Slam, a no-brainer. So there's a few no-brainers as far as I'm concerned. Well, I don't think anyone can argue with that one. James Crawford, no-brainer. Ricky Grace, no-brainer. Bryce Cotton, no-brainer. Can I put an interesting one to you yep. before I get your last two in your starting five? Do we take character into calculation? And there's one person on the list. Does things that have happened off the court rule him out of the team or does he still make the team? On Tiny Pinder, <laughs> who you're alluding to, one, to be honest, I have not seen nearly enough of him play. Yep. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about what he got caught up in off the court and uh, subsequently, you know, what's happened. But I think it's one of those things because we don't really talk much about him because of the off court things. Uh, I don't see much footage of him on it. Mm. So you may be aware of his talents on the court. I didn't even think of him, to be honest, when yep. it came down to it, because when I think of the all time greats from that era, uh, it is the Vlahovs, the Graces, the Fishers, you know, the Crawfords, and I'm well aware that Pinder was a hell of a player, super freak athletic. Um, you know, obviously Keanu's playing in the NBL now, mm-hmm. incredible athlete, yep. great player, good kid. Uh, but yeah, he didn't make my team no, regardless. Uh, I like redemption stories. So I feel like if people do the wrong thing, if they learn from it, they become better people, then mm-hmm. they deserve a second chance in life. I don't know if that's happened with Tiny. Yeah. He's, it's, it was only last year where he was back in trouble Again, with similar incidents than originally he was in trouble for. So for me, I think you can't rule him in because of because of that. As good, I think, don't think it matters. I think if it was, I mean, if it was Ricky Grace, as good as he was, if he had similar mm-hmm. off court issues, I would really reconsider including him. So for mine, as good as Tiny was. I would cross him off my list. Yep. And if you're not even considering on your list, then I, <laughs> even if Sean includes him in his starting five, I think he gets ruled out anyway. <laughs> okay. So no, he didn't make my team. Mm. Uh, the scoring machine. Okay. I'd better put this in order of a starting five. So I do have Bryce Cotton, Ricky Grace. That's yep. my backcourt. You know, I'd be very surprised if that's not mm-hmm. <laughs> starting two, one, two, when uh, the official team is announced. The third spot, you know, really does, in my opinion, come down to Fisher and Redditch mm-hmm. for the starting. I'm biased. I got to play alongside Sean. I knew Scott Morris when he was coaching him. Yep, yep. But from all accounts, was a hell of a player. And the highlights I've seen, you would have loved calling him in teammate. Mm-hmm. Just a beast out there. So I've gone with Shawnee, giving him the nod over Fish. And then Vlahov and JC. JC, like I said, the Alabama slammer closeout. My starting five. We mentioned him at the top of the show. Matty Knight I do have mm. in there. Now, yeah. just on your starting five. We haven't discussed this beforehand. Mm-hmm. You've actually named the exact same starting five that I had. Ah, there we go. So I went for Sean over Scott Fisher because of the longevity, really. Yep, because yep. Scott had a great career, but he also did a lot of great things elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Sean did all of his great work in Perth and did it for 380 games. So so I think Sean gets the nod for me. I, I don't think he can take out Vlahov and, and JC as your front court, and I don't think he can take out Bryson and Ricky as your back court. So... 
amazingly, we've got the same starting five and it doesn't really matter what Sean comes back with because we can <laughs> overrule him. I would love to watch that team. Could you mm. imagine oh. Vlahov setting screens for those boys? The <laughs> yeah. lob game they'd have with Alabama Slammer. And unfortunately, there's only one basketball. So <laughs> would, 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 would Sean points? even flop off a Vlahov screen as his teammate? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a flop if it's a Vlahov screen. He's <laughs> no, collecting you. No. Uh, he's dropping you to the ground. Uh, so that was my starting five. Okay. Now, it's funny you say the longevity because a guy that I thought was an incredible player and he made the Adelaide 36ers anniversary team was Martin Catalani. Mm -hmm. But I do think Cat played his best basketball in a different jersey. Potentially uh, even in Cairns. Exactly uh, it's, right. It's funny that he's in that Adelaide team, but he might have even been better in Cairns. And he would be in the all-anniversary team for Cairns Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Yep. He was brilliant in the north. So, yeah, Cat didn't make my team because I thought he played his best basketball elsewhere, but I loved calling him a teammate. for And a championship year. teammate. And a championship teammate alongside Paul Rogers. Mm. Roggie, I did select that. Yep. I know Roggie uh, played elsewhere, uh, but just... Now, again, his best basketball was in yeah, Perth, though. And all as far as I'm concerned, he's an all-time great. Mm -hmm. uh, brilliant big. Just... Just a sensational back to the basket, old school big, pick and roll, great leader, great person. So he made my team. Were you disappointed you didn't get to play with him? You came here, mm. I'm sure you were looking forward. One of the big reasons you signed when you signed here to come was having him as your big man, but he got injured so early in that season and he never came back. The very little I got to you know, call him a teammate for. So he was still captain of our team, yeah, championship yeah. winning captain. But yeah, he, he was injured. He had a bursitis Don't in his tell elbow. Sean, that tore. <laughs> Sean as well. Uh, bursitis in his elbow. Mm. And next, you know, he's torn everything and career over. And, you know, obviously he was coming to the end of his career with his ankle injuries and whatnot. But great teammate, but just so talented back to the basket. Mm. I remember when I played for West Sydney Razorbacks and we had to scout against Perth. Mm. Be like, all right, what are we going to do with Roger? Uh, let's go double. Yep. Uh, if it's yep. not Matty Gardner, let's go double. Because <laughs> Matty, even though he was playing the five spot, same position as Roggie, Roggie's, you know, seven footer. Yeah. Matty's six foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was always... That's with hair. With hair, yeah, standing up. Uh, and the big fella, the nightmare, I do have just absolutely mm -hmm. brilliant player. So I've got him in my my team coming off the court. Uh, and then when you've got your banner up in there, retired, you know, I've, I've thrown Mike Ellis yep. in there as well. And capping out my 10, another former teammate. I know he didn't play here very long. Uh, that's his biggest downfall. We only had three seasons in a Wildcats jersey. Did win an MVP. Did win a grand final MVP as well, Kevin Lish. Mm. Great player, great person. Four seasons. Four seasons. I was think. it four? No, three. He never played for Trev, which hurts him. So, uh, you know, maybe you know, there's there could be some other guys who feel like they are more deserving than Kev with only three years. But I thought the three he gave were, were very, very impressive. And you know, big reason why that ten year drought between championships came to an end with K Lish, cop, you know, capping it off with grand final MVP. Yep, grand final MVP and an MVP in that mm. in that stint. So tough to argue. So. So you're five off the bench. It was just. So no, I did ramble. Apologies. So, so Rogers and Knight. Paul Rogers, Matt Knight, Kevin Lish, Mike Ellis, and Fisher, and Scott Fisher, of course. So I'm going to be slightly different because I have to fit in Damien Martin into my <laughs> into, into my into my ten. So I've got I've got you, Damo, and that, that was an easy one to be honest. And if anyone can just read your resume, you'll understand why. I'm going to stick with Mike Ellis as well, championship captain, inaugural captain, mm. uh, just a legend of the of the club. Still at every game. I love <laughs> yeah. that he and Watto yep. are at every single game. Yep. Uh, Eric Waterson dates Mike's sister, I want yep. to say. Yep. Like, yep. Just beautiful family. Great to see both those guys in the stands. And we'll and be hearing Mike. a lot more about the Ellis name shortly as well. Yes, we, yes, um, big news. And so who, who else have I got? I've got, obviously, Scott Fisher. Mm -hmm. My quandary was... I only had one spot for Paul Rogers and Matty Knight. Yeah, who'd you go with? Do we insert so, a drum roll? So let me make sure I've got that right before I... Can so Fisher, I, I really appreciate you feeling like you had to mention me yeah. to do this together. Uh, Fisher, 
yours truly, Mike Ellis. Uh, who am I missing? I got two spots left for you. Oh, Lish, Kevin Lish. Oh, you, you got I, K Lish. Yeah. Well, unless I give unless I give up Kev and have Roger and Knight. He's <laughs> <laughs> going red. Uh, it's, it's a tough he's one. On so I, I've got two spots, and I've got three. Three. We haven't even mentioned James Harvey, so he's unfortunate to not quite make make the cut. Maybe it's again a longevity thing. Um, I, I'm I'm considering who's more likely. To I love the when Ro- and I'll just talk while you're yeah. thinking because I can see you staring <laughs> at these names hard. When Rodgy won MVP of the league, I remember him getting up there and he said, "I'm not even the best player on my team," mm. <laughs> referring to Ricky Grace. But yeah, league MVP. Brilliant player, great captain. And then Matty Knight, you know, he was runner-up MVP when he was with West Sydney, came over to Perth and uh, was just brilliant in building that culture. And I think between us and New Zealand, I think 10 of 11 grand finals were mm. won by both teams. Yes. And, and that was a big Matty Knight, Mick of Vicona oh, kind yeah. of rivalry. I'll tell you what, the fact that I've got Ricky and Bryce as my starting guards and I've got you and Mike Ellis already on my bench as guards. Maybe I don't need an extra guard. It's cutting Lish. I, I am. Spot. Sorry, I am. I am. <laughs> I'm going Paul Rogers and Matty Knight. So my my five off the bench, Damien Martin, Mike Ellis, Scott Fisher, Paul Rogers, Matty Knight. And I'm sorry, Kevin Lish, but if we had a team of 12, you would have made it. Yeah, and if we had a team of 12, Jesse Wagstaff would have made mine. Sure. He. Uh, it, it's funny. I know these teams, they've said, you know, build the best team. If I'm building the best team, Jesse Wagstaff, you know, just winner, ultimate winner, great guy, and longevity, I do believe, should play a part of it. Uh, and I think uh, he's been nothing but success since mm. being out west. Okay, Damo, we'll let ourselves off. Well, actually, one more question. <laughs> How would your team compare to the Adelaide 36ers team that we came up with? So the starting five on that team, Darnell Mee, good luck scoring against him, mm-hmm. Brett Maher, Martin Catalini, Daniel Johnson, Mark Davis, and off the bench, we had Al Green, Daryl Pierce, Kevin Brooks, Bill Jones, and Mike McKay. You didn't see a lot of those guys, so it's probably tough for you to answer. But how do those two teams stack up against each other? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Darnell Mee, my favourite defender of all time. Mm. I learned a lot playing against him in my rookie season. Brett Maher, all-time great. Cat, when I, like I said, played his best basketball over there, DJ. I, I'm going to pip the. I'm going to have the Wildcats. They're going to pip them, <laughs> but it would be fun. Look at that bench. Mm. Mean Al Green coming out there. Oh, I remember we got, we got a lot of feedback from Al Green for having him on the bench. He was not happy. <laughs> I could only imagine. I love Mean Al Green. He would be good fun. Uh the rebounding machine, Mark Davis, chairman of the board. So, no, nah, I'm, I'm back in the Wildcats to get it done, but whoever Darnell is guarding is not going to have a fun night. So. Well, Darnell me guarding Bryce Cotton. Mm. Unbelievable. It would be fun to watch. So, no, nah, the, the Wildcats will get it done there, but uh, it'd be a fun game if we could have made that a reality. All right, let's let ourselves off the hook, and when we come back, I'll be with the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Okay, I'm here with the scoring machine back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Firstly, Sean, last year we celebrated your 40th birthday on the show. That means you're 41 now. How did your birthday go last week? Oh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I spent it on a basketball court coaching uh, three different camps. So uh, I had the campers sing me happy birthday. One of my uh, mm-hmm. coaches uh, thought it would be good to let the whole camp know it was my birthday. So, um, <laughs> you know. Be able to send it on, on a basketball court, nowhere else I'd rather be. But uh, it was also kind of wrapping up two weeks and 500 kids. Mm. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a celebration at, at the end of those two weeks. Uh, 
a lot of basketball uh, coaching and camps being run. So it was a uh, it was a nice forty first, and next year is my uh, golden birthday, the forty second one. So uh, it is, it is. Yeah, we'll have to uh, do something special for that one, I reckon. I wonder if we try to tie it in. I wonder if your your jersey gets retired on the same day you turn forty two next year. That might might all work nicely. <laughs> no, that would be that would definitely be a memorable birthday. That's for sure. How desperate are you to make sure no, no one ever wears number forty two for the Wildcats again? How would you feel if somebody trotted out in it? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really thought about that to be honest. Mm. Um, it's uh, you know definitely uh, pretty proud to, to put on that jersey and under uh, someone able to uh, wear it with the Wildcats, they'd uh, hopefully um, play with as much pride as, as uh, I thought I did when I when I put it on. So um, it's a uh, special club to play for. And, uh, you know, there's not, not many jerseys retired up there. So, uh, you know, I think Damian Martin will, will get her, his at some stage. And uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a great, great evening when that happens. I think um, – I don't think anyone got a, a bigger uh, – Cheer when their number got called out, and then Damo when he uh, got called out on the court. I'm I'm noticing uh, Bryce is kind of taking over mm. that at the moment, and uh, you know Vic Law keeps dropping thirty. <laughs> he might uh, he might get the loudest uh, roar when uh, when he gets called out. Absolutely. So that segues nicely, Sean. I want to continue our discussion on the the Wildcats 40 year anniversary team. It'll officially be announced shortly, but Damo and myself have gone through through our teams and. Interestingly, Damo didn't want to include himself. He didn't feel comfortable to include himself. I had Damo in my team, and I find it hard to imagine you won't have Damo in your team. But when it comes to the scoring machine in your team that you pick, do you do you figure figure yourself into it? Uh, look, it's kind of that's a hard one. Hmm. Um, I don't really like. I'd say leave myself out. I think it's kind of one of those things you're selecting a team. You don't put your own self in in, in the team. Uh, but you know, there's there's a lot of good candidates out there, and uh, 40 years for a club like like, like the Wildcats. Um, you know, if you did make that team, that's a pretty special team to make because uh, just the history, and you know, it's it's not just any club. You're talking about a team that's won so many championships and uh, produced um, in the in in the running every single year. Absolutely. Um, like I told Damo, though, I did a similar thing with Scott Ninnis and Brett Maher. We picked our all-time Adelaide 36ers teams and. And Brett Maher had no trouble including himself as the starting two guard. So you're you're not quite like Marzi. <laughs> well, look, I haven't signed the court at RSC <laughs> Arena yet. So when when I'm able to sign the autograph on RSC Arena, then I can include. Uh, I mean, Brett Maher, what a, an absolute legend! Um, you know the, the amount of times he uh, he won games for Adelaide. He was a pretty special player. I remember when I came into the league and. Uh, everyone was telling me about him when our first game we played him, and, and I walked off the court and I said, "Yep, that that respect is uh, definitely due." He uh, he just had it commanded out there, anything he wanted to do, and I think one of the things that impressed me was, you know, he was such a good defender as well. Mm. So all around, he was a pretty special player. Yep, he was. But we're here to talk about the Wildcats players, Sean. So I don't know where you want to start with your team. Do you want to start with your starting five, perhaps? I uh, look. Um, yeah, probably starting five, you're going to go probably pretty easy. Um, you got Ricky Grace, Bryce Cotton, Scott Fisher, Wahoff, and Crawford. Um, you know, those five pretty much kind of speak, speak to themselves. Um, I don't think anyone's going to really argue with that. Those guys, and I mean, you think about that team as well. You had 
four or five, four out of those five playing together at the same time. That would have yeah. been a, a tough team to go up against. You got you got history with quite a lot of them as well. Obviously, Vlahov was running the club when you first arrived in in Perth. Scott Fisher went on to be to be your coach. You're a teammate of Bryce Cotton, and you've you've been around Ricky Grace quite a lot. You, I'm sure you met. Have you met JC as well? Yeah, so JC came back, first time I met him, uh, came back for, I think it was the Wildcat 30th anniversary. Um, and uh, 30th, 35th, maybe 35, yeah. yeah. You look, um, Cause I, you I think it was at point. RSC Arena, I'm pretty sure. RSC Arena, he was, I think he was in his 50s and he was still dunking the mm. basketball. <laughs> so uh, some of the clips uh, I saw of, of James Crawford, I mean, it was just spectacular. I mean, be able to get a shot off over him would have been uh, a feat in itself. So, um, you know, and then obviously I came in at the end when Brace had just retired and Blahoff was the owner and, and Fish was the coach. So, uh, you know, definitely learned a lot of history from there. And, you know, Fish even used to, when we were on the road, if we had an injury or something, he used to come into to, uh, training with us at Tom's and he was still giving us buckets. Um, so you could tell that he, uh, even, even when he was in his forties, so he, he was always super fit. And, uh, you know, I probably owe a lot to Wahoff and Fisher, um, getting me over here, uh, bringing me over for the trial. And then, you know, fish kind of giving me, give me that, that opportunity to play. And, um, I guess kind of earn my, my time here, here in the NBL and, um, you know, so I, I, I owe a lot of, lots of those two guys and, uh, they're, uh, they're pretty special. Great to see Grace and Wahoff and, and those guys still around and impacting yeah. here in Perth as well. Absolutely is. Um, okay. So the only difference you've got from what Damo and myself selected with that starting five is that we, we both had you ahead of Scott Fisher, but I, I understand why you've gone, <laughs> gone differently, obviously. How about I read out some names to you, and in terms of our five off the bench, you say, you say yes or no. Tiny Pinder. Look, I'd say no, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'll be honest. I never saw Pinder play mm. growing up, um, and, and that's probably where it, it, it can be tough. Um, and probably the the people that have lived here and seen the generations of when the Wildcats started, but probably just more the off court stuff is, mm. is probably. Um, probably doesn't put him into the, the Wildcats um, because that, that's, that's part of the culture as well. I mean, I think, absolutely, you know, coming in and going out to hundreds of schools each year and, and just be, feeling like, you know, this is Perth's team. I think that's, model, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, um, and I think that that's something that when you put on that Wildcats jersey, that's something you, uh, you know, that's part of, of what it's about. No disagreement. Um Paul Rogers, another one of your former teammates. Look, I'm going to throw Paul Rogers in. Um, you know, especially the, those years, MVP. I mean, if you, if you win an NBL MVP, um, that, that is pretty special. And, I mean, I was lucky to play with Paul when he came back from Europe and his first year back was my first year. And, um, you know, a great leader, great player, great teammate. And, uh, you know, one of the things he probably – underrated about Paul was his passing. I just oh. thought he was he was one of the best big man passers that I played with. Yep. Both both Damo and myself had him in there too. Another one of your teammates, Matty Knight. Look, I'll I'll throw Matty Knight in at the four. Yep. Um off, and uh, you know, I think he, he uh he's another guy that probably doesn't get the credit mm. he deserves at, at Tom's. I think um 
you know, it doesn't do anything flashy, but it was tough. You know, it came down to a last possession. You knew you wanted Maddie Knight, Jamie and Martin on board. Yep. Maddie was going to defend and, and, and get the rebounds, and Damo was just going to cross havoc. So, you even need uh, a three for a game winner. I think it was against Townsville one night. I do remember that. Yes, he, uh, he could step up, and, you know, he's known more for his kind of mid range jumper, but, yep. um, you know, he was, he was tough on the block, and, you know, someone that you just, you had full confidence in and someone you wanted on your team when you took the court. What about Sean Redditch? Does he make your bench? Look, I, I, I don't throw myself in, mm-hmm. but a guy who I, I think should be in there is Jesse Wagstaff. Okay. He, he was next uh, on the list. Yeah, so we'll, we'll skip to that one. I think, you know, Jesse, you know, about to play his 400th game with the club. And, and I don't think anyone would argue he's probably sacrificed maybe the most out of a lot of these guys, um, you know, he probably could have been playing 30, 35 minutes a game. Mm. Um, a lot of different clubs. I know a lot of clubs chased him during during his career. So, to me, that's just kind of you probably epitome of, of being a Wildcat player and success that he has. And you know what? I, I really hope he wins the championship this year so he can be the only player with seven yeah. um, championships. To me, that, that would just kind of epitomize himself and, and his career. You know, he didn't. He was never the, the leading scorer, but he did so many things um, to help a team win. And you can kind of see Scott Morrison really enjoying um, having Jesse out there on the court. He's playing a lot of minutes and, and playing, playing well this yeah. year and, and doing those little things. And, you know, you, you've heard uh, Scott Morrison just talk about it. You know, he doesn't do anything flashy, but when he's, when he's on the court, we're, we're playing well. So uh, he's giving them lots of minutes. Okay. That means you've only got two slots left, Sean. Let's get to another former championship winner, grand final MVP, MVP, Kevin Lish. This is where it gets really tough. Mm. Um, my decision here, I think Damo's definitely in. I don't think we can not have Damian Martin in. We can, we can have a chat about that in a second. Sure. But then it comes down to Kevin Lish or Mike Ellis. Mm. Um, and look, I love Kevin Lish. You know, he's one of my favorite players. Actually, um, Helped to try and recruit him when I used to go play over in Puerto Rico, and yep, we yep. brought him over there. We won a championship, and you know he was probably one of the um, you know the best players and best teammates that we played with. Mm. But I think you have to take in like when you're doing a 40th anniversary team, you have to take in the longevity thing. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know he how many seasons did he did, did Kevin end up playing four or five? Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was four. I think it was four. And, and so, I, to me, I'm going to lean towards Mike Ellis. And I know Kevin Lish won an MVP. Um, but I just think when, you're, when you've got an anniversary team and just the fact that, you know, I mean, Mike was the first captain of the Wildcats and, you know, great player. But I think just the longevity and still, still impactful around the club, I'm going to go with Mike Ellis into the team over Kevin Lish. No, it's, it's really tough to argue, but it's <laughs> – when, when we're talking 40 years, we're probably talking, gee, I don't know how many players. Do you know how many players have played for the club? It must be must be 200, probably, at least, is it? I mean, it's really tough to, to narrow it down to, to the best 10, especially when you've won 10 championships and you've been to 35 straight finals. And, and to me, obviously, Kevin Lish is really unlucky to miss out. James Harvey's unlucky to miss out. Um, for both myself and Damo, Jesse was unlucky to miss out. Um you're unlucky to miss out on your own t- own team, but the, I mean, there's been a, a lot of great players that that miss out. But when you're talking about the best ten in forty years, um, you've got to make some tough calls, I guess. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a tough one. I mean, I think if you if you did today's NBL where they have eleven, yep. Um, yep. you probably throw in Kevin Lish. Oh, you could stretch it to twelve. Yeah, you could could even go twelve, but um, I guess you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a tough one. But and then I guess the other thing is, do, are you are you doing positions? Because I'm kind of running positions mm-hmm. here um, as well. You know, you're not gonna you're gonna throw in all all five men or all point guards. Um, mm-hmm. That's not how basketball works. You got to uh, kind of do it every position. I think. I I agree. Um... Okay, I, I like your team. You don't. The only difference that I think you've got from from my team was that you, I had you and you had Jesse. So I think that's the only only difference. And then the only difference I had with Damo was that he didn't have himself, and and I had him in there. So I think we're pretty much in agreement across the board. When this team's officially announced, whenever they the club is set to do it, um, do you think they will agree with us, or do you expect some surprises? Oh, look, I think they put together a pretty good panel. Yep. Um, and uh, from media to ex-owners uh, and and everyone everyone involved. So uh, I think it'll be pretty close. I think there may be, maybe there'll be like one maybe surprise. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's always interesting. It's always, um, you know, and it'll be interesting to hear the conversations that went went on on through that but uh you know it's a tough one <laughs> at a club like the wildcats with such history absolutely well, next time we talk sean we'll we'll talk more about the current nbl but we've taken up a lot of your time already it's been fun to go through your team and get your thoughts on this 40 year anniversary team before i let you go i believe you've taken your family off on a bit of a vacation before they head back to school are you are you well, enjoying yeah. enjoying this around Yes, uh, you know, we took uh, after two weeks of basketball camps, came up, come out to Crown for, for a couple of days. We, we did it last year, and just a, a time to relax before uh, the chaos of school starts back up. So, um, you know, we can't travel anywhere outside of WA, so uh, not a bad spot to uh, be here. Hopefully I uh, can watch the sky work on, uh, on Australia Day and, and look forward to uh, starting the school term back up in about a week's time. So it's uh, interesting times I think mm. around around Australia at the moment, but um, I guess you just got to enjoy it day by day as you as you can, and and hopefully uh, at some stage we'll we'll get to see some NBL basketball live. But it, it looks at like this stage, it's not going to be anytime soon. But we'll uh, we'll wait and kind of hear the the final word mm. after the discussions well, that the uh, Wildcats and WA government have had. Every chance we don't see you back on our TVs this season, isn't isn't there? Uh, very very. <laughs> Decent chance of that as well. I think you were scheduled to be on deck for Jesse's 400th game, which would have been nice, but unfortunately that's now going going to be on the road. Yes. He's, uh, yeah, it's only four games away, yeah. so it was going to be, uh, I think it was going to, was it going to be back here? On yeah, the... I think it was meant to be the second home game. So Damo talked about yeah. how he was doing the first home game back. You were set to do the second, so you were going. You were supposed to be on deck for, for that milestone. Yeah, that would have been a, an awesome, uh, awesome thing to see and, and be a part of. You know, only second player ever to, to reach 400 games for the Wildcats. So, uh, a testament to, to him. And uh, you know, it's, you, you hope for his sake, um, he'll be able to uh, get to celebrate that. Uh, you know, those are the guys you really feel hard mm. for um, in, in this whole whole thing. The ones that have the families back here in, in WA, and you know, he's got three kids and, and a wife back here. So it's uh, you know can imagine the, the emotions that and the sacrifice they're having to go through. So, uh, 
you know, be able to get that win the other night against the Lawara, um, testament to their resilience. But it's, uh, you know, they could be tested uh, a lot more throughout this year. Absolutely. All right, John, thanks for joining us, and I better let you get back to the pool. <laughs> thanks, Buggy. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Thank you to the scoring machine. I hope you enjoyed some more insights from Sean Redditch. We've got some big news. Before we get to the big news, Damo, let's run through what we've got to look forward to in round nine of the NBL. We don't have much time in between. No time in between, actually. We've got a game every single day. <laughs> but but Thursday night, a rematch. The Illawarra Hawks and the Perth Wildcats. What do you think? Yeah, the Wildcats. I think they found a nice little groove. We mentioned him before, but Frazier... He's going from good to great, and I think we're going to see his best basketball uh, in the next couple of weeks, and it'll start with uh, the Hawks. Interesting one on Friday. I imagine both these teams pretty desperate for a win. The Jack Jumpers at home to the 36ers. The Jack Jumpers, I want to say, have led the first quarter more than any other yeah. team. They go into quarter time up pretty much every game. They're, they're amazing at how they begin games with the scout, the preparation. I they think can't close it out. I kind of think they're the best coach team in the league, just about. Yeah, Scott Roth has been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, Jacob Chance, uh, Mark Radford, yeah, yeah. you know, old, old coach yep. of ours. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, I know all three of those coaches. They're all former Wildcats coaches, great people, great coaches. No surprise that Tasmania do lead at times. Mm. They just can't get together for that full 40 minutes. Against Adelaide at home, I think Tassie, if they start well again, they might be able to hold on this time. But Sunday, Detch back with mm. more minutes under his legs. Uh, I expect to see big things for him for the 36ers. Couple of games on Saturday. Good gracious, let's hope this game goes ahead. The Kansas <laughs> Taipans at home <laughs> to the Illawarra Hawks. Oh, please <laughs> let me see Taipans out there. I would love to call Nate Jawa on game day and just prank him and say, sorry, mate, it's been cancelled. <laughs> then get his live reaction. We'd have to get the beat button ready. Uh, but yeah, I'd love he, to see. He, he was meant to have played his 200th game about six, six weeks ago. Is that right? Uh, look, I'd love to see Nate and his boys out there versus the Hawks, but after 30 odd days of not playing, it's going to be a tough one. It'll be 30 by then. Mm. Uh, I think the Hawks will get it done, especially if the Hawks do drop another one to the Wildcats. Yeah. They will get a rev up from oh, Gorge. Oh, absolutely. Um, then, second up on Saturday, the Brisbane Bullets and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Southeast, uh, it's funny, we, we've spoken about them. We don't give them enough credit, I don't think. They're a great team. They've got good chemistry on the floor. They seem to genuinely enjoy playing for each other. And after every score, you know, five people are pointing each other. It's, it's just great camaraderie, great chemistry. I think they're in a nice groove right now. Like every other team, they'll have some ups and downs, but I see them getting a win over Brisbane, who, like you and I keep saying, uh, star-studded, mm. just can't seem to you know, get it right for 40 minutes. Triple header on Sunday. First up, Adelaide at home to Melbourne. This, are the 36ers any chance of turning around that result from, from last week? I don't see it happening. Like we said, they weren't bad. It's just that Melbourne seemed to be at a different level yeah. right now. Uh, whether Melbourne can sustain this level, you know, with all the basketball that's coming up, who knows? But if any team's going to do it, it is them because mm. they do run deep on that yep. bench. And we mentioned Brad Newley earlier. When you've got a dual Olympian coming mm. off the bench that can still give you 10 points and yeah. quality minutes, that means you can rest some players with a slight eye towards the next game when they build those double-digit margins, which uh, they seem to be doing more often than not. Next up, this will be a good one. Sydney Kings and the Perth Wildcats. Well, it's 
you know, we're only a quarter of the way through the season, but this is, or sorry, nearly a third of the way through the season. This is a do or die, I think, for Sydney. If they are sure. going to test themselves against top four teams, they've got to break into it, which means they've got to beat some yep. of them. And there's no bigger ta- uh, task right now opposed from opposed to Melbourne United than the Wildcats. And uh, they're playing on their home court. Melbourne, Perth would have to be starting to feel that little bit of fatigue mm. of being yeah. away for so long. And Especially maybe, when there's no wind in sight. I mean, it, that's the thing. Maybe the, the Kings can take full advantage mm. of that. And like we said, with the top of basketball that DJ Vasilovic is playing, mm. you know, Martin's obviously a quality import. I think uh, Sydney need this win, but I'll tip my boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the last last one, um, New Zealand Breakers and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. The Breakers are listed first, but it's still played in Hobart. So if you want to call that a home game, then go for your life. But... This will be the Breakers' first game in a couple of weeks now. Um, how will they go against the Jack Jumpers? I've got the Breakers, and I think the Breakers are going to go on a winning streak. They were in good form. Yeah. Let's hope they haven't lost some momentum now. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think they're going to continue playing good basketball. We spoke to Rob Beveridge a few weeks ago about their identity, the Breakers' identity, and I, and I thought Bevo you know, nailed it with let's establish who your superstar is and work backwards from there because they've got a lot of talent. And I think they're, you know, their front court is uh, doing some good things. They'll build off that and they're going to go on a three, four, five game winning streak and I think they're going to yeah, turn some heads. I don't know if they'll be able to break into the top four, but I've got a feeling New Zealand of all the teams that are living out of a briefcase are going to be handling it the best for the next month or so. Yep, don't disagree. It's time for a, time for an announcement on the show, Damo. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've got to 10 episodes this season, um, but th- this might be it for you. Do you want to fill in our listeners on why... You might not be able to continue oh, as co-host, like and I feel like I'm cheating on our and, listeners. <laughs> and maybe you can tell them also where they can, where they might be able to keep keep listening to you. Yeah, I am. I've uh, I've taken on a full time job, so live on air, three to five pm with SEN. So I will be on a, a rival station. So I better not get, talk too much <laughs> about it, but. I've, I've said this a few times I've loved you know the interaction we had last year where I got to be a guest here and there and then put my hand up to be the full time person with Sean obviously being as busy as he is and then uh, all of a sudden I'm messaging you saying hey I'm really sorry Pikey <laughs> but I've uh, accepted a job elsewhere so I'm excited for a new challenge I'll be on air with Paul Hazelby obviously a Fremantle doc is great it's called uh, The Run Home I've got to work on my radio voice The Run Home with <laughs> Hayes and Marto uh, so looking forward to that but unfortunately that does mean I'll be stepping away co-hosting this with you you know I hope Everyone who's out there that loves basketball does enjoy the show, but more importantly, then goes and, and reads the articles you write. Mm. I think you've got a great basketball brain. I'm going to miss picking it, miss talking about it each week, but where I can help uh, the show, I'd love to because you know, Hoops Heaven have been amazing, Everlast have been amazing, Boomerang, thank you for all the support. But if anything, the show is going to get even better <laughs> because you're getting rid of me and bringing in someone who actually knows what he's talking about. Well, potentially. Um, <laughs> well, I'll get to that shortly, but... Damo, I mean, it's no, there's no hard feelings, obviously, because I first, I first saw you play before I met you when you came to Perth. You first came to Perth in 2009. It was the same time I started working the Wildcats, mm-hmm. so there was a three or four year period there. I virtually saw you every <laughs> single day, so we, we got to know each other pretty well. But the best part about you is that when you work in this industry, it can become a job that once you're out of it, you quickly lose touch with people. So. Mm-hmm. I kind of took note of the when I left the Wildcats, made my announcement I was leaving, working there. The people that reached out and stayed in touch with me, and you were one of them. You're one of the most genuine people anyone would ever come across. So we've stayed in touch for all this time, continued to work together, and I'm sure we will still have a lot to do with each other, even if it's just catching up. Demo, and more importantly, the Demo Award will continue. It will continue, yes. And we're going to throw you into the rotation of being one of our 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 guests that 
my new co-host will speak to you on. <laughs> exactly. No, looking forward to still being a part of the show in that capacity. If you ever catch up on the, the votes, that is. Yeah, I mean, you may not want me. I will catch <laughs> up on the votes. It's funny, I'm watching more NBL than ever before mm. when, when the games are actually yep. on than ever before. So I've got no excuse not to be writing down a 3-2-1 with my votes. So I will get them to you. I'd like to keep you hanging there. But no, excited to be tuning in now as a, as a listener opposed to a host. Uh, <laughs> and are you going to announce the new yeah, host? I will, because he's... He's basketball royalty. Mm -hmm. The Ellis name is incredible in WA basketball. Mike Ellis is part of our anniversary team. And his son Cody will now be my co-host moving forward. And speaking of good people, like we know he's a great basketball player. He played 150 NBL games. Still the captain of the Warwick Senators. Mm -hmm. um, he's the well, he's the star of the Perth Bandits. Thanks to thanks to, thanks to Nick and all of that. So uh, he's always wearing his his Perth Bandits singlets with Ellis on the back, and he's got his Perth Bandits cap on. So. Cody Ellis will be my co-host moving forward and can't wait to pick his brain and get his thoughts on everything. And more importantly, maybe not so much a Perth Wildcats bias as we've had in the past. <laughs> I deserve that. Yeah, you might well, have Sean, Sean was worse, to be honest. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. No, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting because obviously he played for Bevo, so he'll be able to pick yeah. his brain about Bevo as well. Uh, and then growing up, the son mm. of basketball royalty, what was it like? So no, a lot of good things to learn from him as a, a person and a player, and I'm sure he'll do a good job. Yep, can't wait. So next week, when you tune in, you'll hear the voice of Cody Ellis alongside me, so looking forward to that. But Damo, you won't be lost to us, and... Anyone tune in, go and listen to 3 to 5 on every weekday starting next week, I think. Is it Monday, your first show? I believe Tuesday. Tuesday. I've got to double check. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, really should tune into this a uh, little bit more. But next week, I will be on air having some fun, making plenty of mistakes, I'm sure, but learning as I go. Now, before I let you go, Damo, and before I let you sign off, um, how are you going to get through the camping trip this week? Oh, hitting the road tomorrow. 40 degrees down where we're going. <laughs> I'm useless with my hands. Uh, and, yeah, camping with my wife, two daughters, my brother-in-law, his three kids. Oh. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Bo Bonnie's convinced she can swim. She definitely can't. Uh, and we're staying, you know, by the ocean. So I will be – I know I've got a lot of greys as it is, but wait till you see me next time. I'll be ahead – I'll look like Andrew Gaze. Uh, the stress that this is going to cause me just chasing these kids around the beach. And, and Brett Maher. Have you seen Brett Maher lately? Yeah. Uh, but, no, I can't wait. So two-day camping trip coming up. Uh, looking forward to it, but – I'm useless when it comes to camping, so we'll see how my wife goes. Well, to be honest, it won't affect us. So if you don't turn up for us again next week, then so, so be it, Damo. Send the search party. <laughs> um, now, it's been a big show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks to Hoop7 for making it possible. Thank you for Tab Touch. Stay tuned later in the week for Tab Touch Preview with Matty Knight, where we go through all of all the action as well. I'll sign off, and thank you to Damien Martin for joining me. Thanks for having the faith in me to join me as long as you have. I'll let you have the final word on your final episode. Oh, you've thrown me under the bus. Look, I'll just tell our listeners everything. something I say to every uh, kid that I talk to. When it comes to team sport, you should play for the two R's. I believe this is a Mick of a Kona thing, and then I heard Matty Nielsen say it. Uh, you should play team sport for two R's, rings and relationship. Trying to win as many championship rings as possible, but more important than that is the mateship, and that transcends the basketball court to studios like you and I have now developed uh, and in life. So for all you coaches out there that are listening, remember if the kids aren't enjoying it, and you're not encouraging the mateship and the, the camaraderie, then don't worry about the championship. You're never going to win one. So hopefully people enjoy tuning in, uh, love the game, love the teams, and get behind them and support them in the right ways.